Welcome back to the Angie and Mike show on this Thursday. And we missed Dr. Rosen yesterday, but we've got him today. and We have a lot to get to. Dr. Rosen, I'm glad you're here. I want to talk about the vaccine and protection against the Delta variant. Can it really help us? Is it effective against the Delta variant? Well, you know, the really good thing is it looks like it protects them by about 95% from hospitalization and 99% plus from death. Hmm. And it looks like it also protects them. And we've been talking about this since literally last March, the long COVID worry. The long COVID worry, that is, is, is if you look back to the Spanish flu, one of the real bad things about the Spanish flu in 1917 to 19 that wasn't publicized enough, not only did it kill a huge percentage, but it also caused Parkinson's disease in a large number of people 30 years later, many of which had um, fatigue and uh, feeling of not as sharp as they were before they got the, the uh, virus. That's the Spanish flu. This, and, and to, I told you I was worried about this because of the symptoms that we started to see in March of last year. We're now seeing um, about 28%. If you look at a combined... Uh, group of the uh, patients, some of these symptoms that are lasting more than six weeks after they feel cured of the acute illness. Hmm. And about 10% of those, or a total of someplace between 2.5 and 3% of the total, are having this more than six months later. Um, what that and, and it tracks very well in the brain with where dementia, Alzheimer's dementia tracks in causing inflammation in the same areas of the brain. So what we're really worried about on people who get the illness, um, it's bad enough that some of them die and it's less in the younger population, but it looks like this long COVID is equal in at least the population over the age of 18 and maybe even over the age of 12. Um, and what that means is that when you say there are 3 million people not in the workforce now that were in the workforce before, that may be related to this. And remember, we've got a whole bunch more who could get infected um, who haven't been vaccinated or gotten prior infection. And that's really the the worry we have is if there's 30 million or 50 million more, does that mean we're going to lose three or five million or, um, if you will, even one million more out of the workforce because of uh, COVID? And, and that's and, and they're battling with how do we, um, if you will, start the disability process for these people with long COVID. So that's hmm. what we're beginning to see in our long COVID um, clinics now. Hey, Doc, you and I talked about this off air and you mentioned something kind of quickly in passing. You said that the long COVID is a big concern and I can see that with all the numbers. 
And uh, you also mentioned that if people have long COVID, if they get vaccinated, it may help clear it up. Yeah, it turned out that uh, at least a third, and this is really surprising because we expected long COVID would be an autoimmune disease. But uh, about a third of the people with long COVID, when they get vaccinated, get a cure of their long COVID, meaning it's almost like the, the virus is persisting someplace that we don't see antibodies developing in the body to. Um, meaning if, it, if it's persisting in, uh, in the brain or persisting in the eye or the gonads, those are protected immunologic regions and maybe it's persisting there and causing uh, the long COVID symptoms. So if somebody wasn't vaccinated and got COVID, recovered, presumed they had antibodies, but then exhibited long COVID, you would recommend getting vaccinated if for nothing else to maybe uh, get rid of the long COVID? Oh, yeah. well, it's not for nothing else. That's a big thing. Yes. And, okay. And um, we started seeing this in anecdotal reports on the Internet, but now NIH is is seriously looking at this and studying the, the long COVID process. So we'll learn much more. But the data are pretty clear. Um, as you know, I write, I, I, I write with a newsletter um, for uh, one of the financial newsletters has me. And so we sent it out to our 1.75 million subscribers this weekend um, about the, the risk of long COVID because there now are 10 studies that show the, the rates of it vary between 10 and 50%, with the average being around 26 to 27%. Wow, wow that's amazing. Uh, doctor, I, I don't want to eat up all our time here, but there are some persistent questions people sent in. If someone got COVID, got got better, isn't exhibiting any long COVID, and don't they have antibodies? And are the antibodies, um, are they lasting long? And are they better for you or better protection than the vaccine? Or should they be combined? Um, they appear to be lasting um, almost as long as the vaccine. But when the people who have had this um, infection documented by positive PCR or some other one of the good techniques and then get um, the vaccine, they get a almost a super uh, antibody response, which looks like it's going to protect them for the rest of their life. Wow. Uh, we don't know that yet. Um, just like we don't know a lot of things about when we'll need a booster. But whereas um, almost everyone who's been immunocompromised or over the age of 60 or who has comorbidities such as obesity, diabetes, kidney disease will need a booster, we think this group may not need a booster for the rest of their life. It's still pending. But in other words, what you, what you want to do is get plasma cells living that that respond to this um the if you will the the attacking part of the covid 19 the the part that attaches to the cells what you want to do is have those neutralizing antibodies in a plasma cell that stays in your bone marrow and then when you 
get a, when the virus tries to get you, it gets the virus before it gets you. So you want those flat, and that's what you, when you've gotten the measles vaccine or when you've gotten the shingles vaccine, that's what happens. That's why you only need it once in a 10-year period or whatever. Hmm. Um, and so that's what our hope is to get, and it looks like that's happening in people who've gotten the infection, gotten cured of it, and then get vaccinated. That is so amazing, and, and it backs up some of the other stuff I was hearing. I, I have to ask you one more question, and maybe you and I can talk later, and I'll, I'll post a podcast of some of the research that you sent me. But uh, I'm hearing from people who are vaccinated already, and they're nervous about the variant, and they're going into clinics or to pharmacies and telling them that they haven't been vaccinated, and they end up getting a third jab without any doctor's instructions, without any instructions about this. Good idea or bad idea? Well, in many places you can't get it because we, we there's a national database now forming, but it's by state now. So, for example, in the state of Ohio, if you try and go in and you've already had it and you put your right, your correct name and social security, if you will, your name and whatever other ID, I think the name and birth date is what they use, you put your name and your birth date in, they will find out you've already had it and they won't give it to you. So yeah, there are state databases. I guess you could go, if you lived in Ohio, you could go to Pennsylvania. If you lived in Philadelphia, you could go to New Jersey. Maybe they don't share across states yet. Um, but the, uh, the, the answer is we're all probably, most of us over the age of 50 or with comorbidities will get a booster and uh, when that is designated depends on when the antibodies and your t-cell responses um, decline to the point where we think you'll need another booster so um, those people I don't uh, they're probably a little ahead of the curve but I think we'll all be ending up getting a booster um, if you're over the age of 50 or immunocompromised or have the comorbidity. Dr. Roizen, I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Look forward to it. Thanks. There he goes. And here we go on the Angie and Mike show.